This is my comeback story. This is my comeback story. This is Trey Lewis with Good Landing Recovery, and you're listening to The Comeback. We're back. So excited to have my friends Jen and Joel here today. How are you guys? Good. Doing great. Good, good. You guys just got married, I hear. We did. Yep. How's that going? It's going great. Fantastic. Good. Mm-hmm. I love the married life. Mm-hmm. I is. really do. It definitely comes with its challenges. And I know that there, you know, like a big part of it is, is, you know, it, and God using it to get rid of our selfishness yeah. and all these other kind of things like that. But I think back to my, to my single days and I do not long for those days anymore. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> there's a, there's a true shift that comes along with it that you actually, you can feel it, you know? Yeah. It's, it's different from the minute I said I do. It's, you feel it. Yeah. It's yeah. It's crazy. a big deal, man. Covenant before the yep. Lord. I mean, just so much, man. So, so awesome. Um, so y'all are now involved in helping people from groups to service work, seems like 24 mm-hmm. seven. And it's just, it's amazing to see that. But I think some people now could kind of come and see from the outside in and not realize that it wasn't always that way. And there was a, a path that got you to, to becoming the man and the woman that you are today. So, you know, Joel, if we can start with you, man, tell us your story. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm 35 and I've got 20 months sober, Come which on. is the longest sober period I've had since I graduated high school. I got hooked early on to painkillers mainly through work. I was a mechanic, worked with my hands. The people I worked with worked with their hands, just hard manual labor. Drugs are no stranger to that field. And uh, before you know it, when every day you're surrounded by your friends doing it, you're doing it, it starts to take over. And uh, it's just, it's a monster. It's a monster, and I'll you came up too. Sorry, I'm just gonna kind of jump yeah. in here. I mean, you came up. I mean, just oh, incredible just family, absolutely incredible. Um, Your I mean, grandfather I, too was a pastor, right? Yeah, he was a pastor, a missionary. He was a mechanic in the United States Air Force. Come on, uh, was in the Korean War, and um, just absolute fantastic family, and. Uh, couldn't ask for a better life. My parents did everything right. It's nothing that they could necessarily say, well, could I have done that different? I mean, that's that's nonsense. I don't like it when people say, well, could I have done that different? Because, I mean, I've, I've seen people that lived a rougher life than me and they didn't get addicted. Mm-hmm. It, sure. it has, that's yeah, good. that can play into it. Absolutely, it can play into it and it can influence your path and the decisions you make, but it is not the sole factor that determines are you going to be addicted or not it's so, so fast quit blaming yourself yeah i know it's so good i think my dad is always like i remember everything went south when i gave you that jeep and i'm like it yeah. was going south either way yeah <laughs> yeah it's good man now um yeah so it was my decisions i accept full responsibility for it it was my decisions that got me to where i i did um obviously beginning making that first decision to start dabbling with drugs and painkillers and weed and alcohol led to other things such as 
inappropriate relationships with women, which most people probably don't, honestly, which is sad, but most people don't really put a lot of thought into about it having like real negative effects on you mentally, but it does. It it does. And then you just, it all affects your like, your morality, your standards, and you're just constantly, you're just lowering these things. And as these things get lowered, your decisions start, are ref, re, it's reflected in that. You start just, you know, before you know it, you're in these ridiculous relationships that, you know, they go on for ages in some cases that they're just the most toxic thing from the outside looking in. It's what is wrong with these people? What is wrong with you? Why don't you get out of it? And I think it's a lot of the same thing that's playing into the, your addiction. Like, why are you in this? Why are you doing this? Why don't you just get out of it? I think it's a lot of, uh, codependency going on it's like you you're not comfortable just being by yourself and being you you're mm-hmm. constantly trying to be something different and relying on somebody else to help you be that something different yeah and uh so i mean my actual story through addiction isn't all that much different from everybody else's i ended up getting addicted to heroin i was a IV heroin addict. I've overdosed. I don't know. I got to really sit down and think it out to know how many times. Minimum of four times. Uh, could be five or six. Hit with Narcan every time? Every time. Wow. And then one time was in the park, and literally my girlfriend at the time had to give me mouth to mouth until the paramedics arrived because I was not breathing. Mm. And that was terrifying for her. That was the mother of my daughter. And, uh, I mean, just terrifying stories like that over and over and over and over. And I just kept making the same decisions. I wasn't happy about it. I didn't like who I was, but it offered me some unhealthy level of comfort. And it was a life that I chose to keep you know, just staying involved with. I mean, it makes me sick to think about it now, but that's the reality. And uh, most people now when they look at me, they don't see that at all. They don't see any signs of that lingering on me at all. And that's a blessing. Like, I thank God for that all the time. But there are also times, too, when it's like, I kind of wish I still carried the scars because I want to stand up in front of people and I want them to see these scars and I want them to see it and then me be able to say, you know, I carry these, but that's no longer who I am. And Mm -hmm. so if you know me and you know my past, you know all about it. But if you don't know me, you've never met me, you'll never know. And I mean, that's a great thing, Yeah. but there's something to, to be said about carrying the scars with you. And so if you carry those scars and you've recovered, carry them proudly, like use them to show up. You like stand for something like it's, it's, it's impactful for families of people recovering like use that stuff. I use everything I can for my addiction now for my benefit, for the kingdom, for my family, for my loved ones. And, uh, Though I did not make the right decisions and I went down a lot of the wrong paths, 
I would not be capable of a lot of the things that I am capable of now today if it was not for that. And that's because I'm allowing God to use me how he finds fit, and I'm allowing him to use my past and turn it into something. It's not me using it. I'm allowing him to do it. Because the minute I start trying to take control, I start getting stressed out again. I start getting flustered. I start getting confused. I start not knowing what to do. And then I just got to let let go of those reins again. Just give it up to God. And then uh, just, I mean, things really truly have a way of working out. And it's so much more amazing than what I could plan out. So it's an adventure. It is truly an adventure now in my life. Most amazing one I've ever been on. And I love it. So, yeah, it's awesome, man. It really is so cool. And, you know, and I, you know, I think back to, you know, what, what I remember about your story and, and, and like you said, I mean, different roads and, you know, we all wish that it was, you know, linear one and done. I mean, I went through 10 Mm -hmm. treatment centers and it, it, it's something that, you know, I'm not, I don't want other people to have to go through all, all of that stuff, but God does use it. And, you know, sometimes like it, it's messy and it doesn't yeah. work out the way that we, that we would like for it to all of the time. But I mean, he can still get us there and to see you go through your stuff and whether you were stumbling or whatever it may be, but to come back and to recommit and say, okay, I'm all in, I'm going to do this thing, even if there were some seasons where where there was struggle in there. Yeah. So it's yeah. cool. I mean, it was a battle. It was a fight. And if you're not stumbling along the way, if you're not having hiccups along the way, something's not right because that means you're not you're not fighting the fight. It's a battle. Yeah. In battle, people are going to get hurt on both sides. Mm. But one person's going to come out victorious. And so, like, don't, you can't, you can't beat yourself up when you have those falls. You got to learn from them and come back stronger, you know? And so I've seen a lot of people take that one slip as that ticket out and get right back out there, you know? No, don't do that. Yeah, that's right. You know, ultimately, like, to, like, if you're in a program like Good Landing Recovery, hopefully you're a kingdom soldier, you know? And if you're a soldier, you're not a quitter. You're not giving up at the first sign of, you know, resistance or failure. You're going to get back up and keep fighting. Yeah. So. That's good. So good. Jen. Hey, hey. How are you? Good. Good, good. Would love to hear your story. Yeah, so um, I I am the oldest of three children. I come from a good family. I oh I I remember always having a really good close knit family. My parents were very very much in love, um, and I remember that from being a child. I do remember significantly that one thing that that stands out to me in my mind, and I guess I think about it a lot more now because of my faith and everything, is that my parents clearly wanted to find faith in something. I remember going to different kinds of churches when we were growing up, like just jumping around. I was, my mom was born in a Catholic family. So I was baptized Catholic, went through all the classes, did all the things, went to church with my grandmother on Saturdays and Wednesdays and all that stuff. Um, But we were never like in a actual church. We didn't become a family to any kind of 
you know, denomination, whatever. But I felt like my parents sort of sought that out. Um, and my father, my mom was a stay at home mom. She worked, um, she did lots of things like in food service, owned her own catering company, things like that. My father, I remember when I was very young, he worked in like sewers underground and he made his way through college while I was young, while my brothers were, when my brothers were born and he ended up being, um, an electrical engineer. And, um, we lived in upstate New York. My whole family was from there. Um, it's like and, Rochester, that area? Yeah, I'm oh. from Syracuse. Oh, really yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. So um, my whole family's still in New York. Um, and when um, when I was 14 years old, my dad decided to take a job down here in Atlanta with um, some of his buddies that worked for General Electric. The plant there had closed, and so they decided to come down here and work for Scientific Atlanta. So my dad came down here. He he established, he, they built their first house. We had always like, they had bought and flipped homes and, um, he, uh, they bought a house, had it built from the ground up. And my father moved down here in November of 1994 and he passed away in April of 1995. Um, just before I turned 15 years old and, um, he was 38. He died of a heart attack and, I grew up in a family where, you know, I had always, we spent time around my, my grandparents and on both sides and family, and it was normal to be around family members drinking and having a good time. I mean, you know, Polish and having, you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. everybody, it's just, it's normal. Like I never thought any, as I got, now that I've gotten older, I can look back and, and see things that I obviously couldn't see as a child. But when my father passed away, um, things really changed in my life. And here we were, um, my mom, who was madly in love with my dad, lost her husband, who she'd been married to for, you know, almost 16 years. And I was the oldest, two brothers, and it, life kind of went off the deep end. And I kind of ended up being a, being an adult a lot quicker than I, I think, you know, I would have planned for, obviously. Um, and so my mom started drinking pretty heavily. Um, and I, I don't know things. I, I, there wasn't, my dad wasn't around my mom. I don't think knew how to do things so well without my, my dad. I, she, wonderful, wonderfully independent, loving mother, but still to this day, you know, misses my father and it, you know, dearly. And it's been 25 mm -hmm. years. And so I think things happen that wouldn't have necessarily happened had my father been around. And so, um, I started my, I, I got into my first relationship when I was 15 years old. Um, lots of things happened to me from 15 years old on that shouldn't have happened to any 15 year old. And, um, I think it was, I, I had my son when I was just 18. Um, I married his dad. Um, he was, he was an addict and, um, and I kind of like st stood on the sidelines and watched that. Um, and meanwhile, all these things were happening around me. It was like, here I was a young mom and I was surrounded by addicts. They were my only friends, you know, his family his mother was an addict. It, 
you know, it was like, it was just, and my family was all, so I didn't, I failed to mention that my mother and my brothers moved back up north. So I was really by myself, you know? Yeah. And so I kind of did, I stood on the sidelines. I didn't, I didn't do anything. I didn't, I didn't drink. I didn't do drugs. You know, when I was pregnant, I definitely had my fair share of those things from 15 to the time that I did get pregnant, mostly just experimental, you know? Um, but then I stopped and I was like, I'm a mom, you know, I can't do this anymore. And I, somebody has got to be responsible. So, um, had my second child at 21 and, um, I decided that I didn't want to sit in that place anymore. I didn't, I was working. I was the only one bringing in any income. He was selling drugs, you know, buying drugs. It was just, it was too much and I didn't want to do it anymore. And so, um, I decided, made the choice that I wanted to leave. Um, and while we were in the process of divorcing, he ended up dying of a drug overdose. Um, and we were still close. We were still friends. He understood that I couldn't be with him. Um, but it, but it was, you know, it was really hard. It was really difficult. And, um, I, that's when I really started, that's when I started drinking. Um, and it was just like, you know, I'm just going to drink. Like, I'm just gonna, I can have a drink. I mean, I'm a single mom. I can have a drink, you know? And, and then it was, I ended up finding ailments that I didn't realize that I had that would take me to the hospital to get me things like Dilaudid and pain pills and make up all kinds of excuses for things that I didn't need. And this went on for a long time. Um, and over the course of the next couple of years, I got myself into a series of, um, both good and bad relationships, good and bad friendships, you know, but mostly detrimental, um, mostly because I didn't you know, I didn't, I wasn't so unhappy with myself, you know. Um, I ended up going to church, really going to church. Um, in 2007, my friend invited me to go to church. She said, come to my church. And I looked it up online and I found out that it had a Starbucks in it. And I was like, absolutely not. I will not go to your church. It's got a Starbucks in it. That's ridiculous. You know, <laughs> I was like, who goes to church with a Starbucks in it? But I went, I went <laughs> And uh, I ended up going there for seven years, and in, in e on Easter of 2014, I got saved. I got baptized and saved. And man, when that happened, it was like, uh, I started seeing things that I didn't ever see before, you know? And it was like, I was still fighting through my addictions, but God was speaking to me so clearly. And it was like, I was suppressing it. And I don't know if it was because I felt like I couldn't handle what God was putting in front of me. Or, I, you know, I don't know if I was just being, I was being selfish, you know, obviously. Um, and I was just choosing to continue on this path of addiction and not, and I heard him so clearly, you know. Um, so this went on and on and on. I mean, it was just, you know, and it, and it turned into where I traded one thing in for something else and then thought that I had it under control because I was, I wasn't the addict who, I had a good job. I had a house. I had a car. I had, I was going to church, you know, like I'm doing all the right things. Meanwhile, I'm slowly just dying on the inside because I'm so unhappy and suppressing this with alcohol and, you know, drugs. Um, and so finally, like I said, after a long time of doing that, um, I was at a message at across the bridge. Um, I stumbled upon across the bridge and I saw you at a Friday night service and you did a message on um, breaking chains. And I had truly for like the last year prior to that, I, 
I heard God so clearly tell me that he wanted me to be involved in on the other side of addiction, to be in the ministry, to do like to where it would wake me up in the middle of the night. And I was literally like crying out to God to, to take it from me, not realizing that he was telling me the whole time I needed to let it go, you know? And, um, and so I, I called you, um, I think I texted you that night and then I called you and I was like, Hey, I need to talk to you. And I came into your office that following week. And I don't think you expected me to tell you all the things that I did, but, um, that following, um, Friday, it was November 8th, 2019. Um, that was a that was my, I have been clean ever since that day. So, and I put it away and I just decided, you know, I, I have to surrender this. Like God's given me gifts and talents and, and so many things. And I'm being so unkind to not use them the way that he wants me to. And so, and I, and I just decided I wasn't going to do that anymore because that's not what God planned for me. And it's not what God planned for my children. Hmm. Um, and so, yeah, so that was my, that was, that was what happened. So 18 months I've been sober. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. And ever since then, it's just been, I mean, literally it was like, I broke that chain and it's like, God's just been truly pouring out all the things that I saw in the middle of the night when I woke up, you know, and it, it's not exactly the way that I thought in my head because I was selfish. So I was thinking selfishly and now I'm just letting God work. And it's like, it's, I couldn't ask for every day I wake up and I'm just like, thank you, God. Like I, you know, I mean, how can you not? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. That's so good. Yeah. So good. Yeah. And just hearing even just the kindness of the Lord and all of that and just him pursuing you, you know, reminding you of, of what your call is, what he really has for you. Um, and just what that's looked like, you know, as that stuff has walked out. So just, just incredible. So now y'all are on the other side of it. Mm-hmm. You're married. Yeah. You are doing ministry, the whole deal. I mean, just, I mean, talk about that. Talk about the lives. I mean, I know you kind of hit on it, just waking up full of gratitude, but just, you know, I think so many people, and I, I know for me, like what I'm always looking for when somebody's coming coming through where I'm going to say like, hey, that's the real deal is is somebody that is full of gratitude and then they start to look to to help somebody else out. Yeah. I mean they're just, you know, that that those are just real marks of like, okay, that's the real deal. Yeah. You want to start on that or you want me to? Yeah. So, being on the other end of all that, it's it's great. I mean, it's it's literally what you said, June, just God's he's he's got he's Flip that bucket upside down, just completely dump all the blessings out on us. It's just, it's so great. And I think it's just, it's really just giving your will over to God. It's just really giving it all up to Him. One, your desires, everything change. Everything changes. And then it's all right there. It's all there for you then. And uh, I'd be lying to say that we don't have struggles. We don't have hard days. We don't have challenges to get through. But I don't worry about them. We don't worry about them. We get through them. There's not been one situation that we have not just blown right through. I mean, we've dealt with the loss of your oldest son's uh, daughter at only three months of age. 
but the kind of blessings that came because of that um i mean it kind of it took over facebook i mean it was worldwide just being shared i don't know how many thousands and thousands of shares but it was crazy and then the prayer chains that got started because of that and then the contacts of people that we got in touch with because of that and noah her son just being able to experience that and just know that through such great loss there were some huge wins you know and it's all because of god i mean it's just it's things like that just over and over and over in her life and uh he he just he couldn't have blessed me with somebody better than my wife now i mean we talk about it all the time like isn't isn't normal for couples not to argue <laughs> and you know i mean sadly i think the average couple argues and argues a lot and to say that we don't have moments where we might have different uh views on something doesn't mean that like we can't sit down and like really talk through these things and that's what i find with her is it's just i'm in this place where it's like i can tell her anything and everything and we can talk through everything and then it's 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 just amazing i mean the love that you have for god how like at on our wedding day and i was saying that like you put god before anything else and before me and i would never have it any other way like i mean that and that that's the that's the kind of things that's the way love should look like where i'm weak she's strong where we're both weak god's strong you know like it's it's a it's a three-way knot here me you and god you know and that's that's the way love looks and i think the more people that find that the less families will see falling apart and the less childhoods being ruined yeah and all kinds of things like that. In marriages, in recovery, making it. Yeah. You know, because, I mean, when you think most people are like, hey, you know, stay out of the relationship, you know, the first 12 months and all that, because there's really, you know, in my experience, if I look back in all those treatment centers that I went into, I can mm-hmm. normally trace it back to some toxic relationship because yeah. there is nothing when you get somebody that is, you know, because, I mean, you, you hit the nail on the head. When you find somebody that really does put God before you, then now she's not looking at you to yeah. be God. Yeah. And so therefore, if you have an off day or, you know, you're not being nice in the morning, like she didn't have to go and, yeah. you know, do a delotted. I mean, it's just... It, it, <laughs> Amen. You know, so, yeah. And it's just, it's it's really neat. And I think that's the biggest thing, you know, because I mean, couples, you know, that might be listening right now or somebody that, that, that wants to be married or wants to be in a relationship again. And I think it really is just that simple. And I don't even know if I really subscribe to the whole, you know, 12. I think it's a good rule of thumb. And that's why, you know, you hear it in AA and in in the rooms that are circulating. But at the end of the day, it's like when you you can get to that place, you know, where you're not going to act like a dang lunatic. (laughs) You know, if you're if you're, you know, boyfriend or girlfriend, you know, acts bizarre. Well, and it's knowing, too, I think I can't. I will not I cannot sustain his recovery and he can't sustain mine. God has to do that for us, you know. Um and I think that he so specifically put us right in the center of where we are right now to I mean 
you know, people say often that come through ATB, some of the girls that I work with and, you know, couples even are like, you know, we want to be like you. We want to be like you. Well, that's great, you know, but God's in the center of this. This is just, we're just really just the hands and the feet of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Like at the end of the day, it's not a joke. I mean, it, we would not be here without putting him first. Mm -hmm. So all of the things, you know, and that's how we're so, we are intentional about that. But when you, when you do love God and you feel that way and you understand that your faith has to be in that place, it's so easy. And I do, I truly have come to see that I really do believe that if you put God before all of it, this addiction can be beat. That's right. I mean, recovery can, comebacks will, they'll stay, you know, all the things. I mean, and it, it can sound so cliche, but it's so true. Yeah. I mean, and I, and I do, I think we see it, we've seen it so much. I mean, just in the last, you know, year of being at Across the Bridge and just like really putting in time and being there and seeing people's lives transformed and getting involved and showing them what it means to, you know, to find that relationship. It's, it, it's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. So, yeah. That's awesome. I mean, it really is. I mean, just simplified. And I mean, you know, and like you said, I mean, what that looks like, you know, with somebody hearing that and, and yeah, when you're first starting, I mean, it's the pig on roller skates type of deal. And you're just like, oh my gosh, like, and yeah, you might have to turn your will over to to God, you know, 550 times a day or whatever. And then going back to really, you know, Joel, what you were talking about earlier is that if you do mess up, you don't have to like jump off the cliff and take it all the way back down to where you were, you know, and sometimes that's my thing because I love celebrating clean time for the fact of like, hey, look at it, it can be done. But sometimes people, man, if you, if you have a rough day or, and I'm never a proponent of relapse, but it, but it's this sense of, of like, hey, just because you had a bad day doesn't mean that everything that led up to that bad day wasn't real. Yeah. And so it's not like this, you know, you, you've got to go back to, you know, to, to be in the scum of the earth because you, had, because you had a rough day. So yeah, just so much good stuff in there. Yeah. 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 Any final thoughts? Uh, no, I mean... I'm just excited to see what God's going to keep doing, you know? I mean, like I said before... It really is like my life is playing out like that tattered notebook that sat behind my night by my nightstand. You know, I mean, it is, it, and it's it's crazy because I know I had a vision of what God wanted, and it literally is coming to fruition. So if it continues to go like that, if I live my life the way that God wants, I don't. How could how could it? You know, I mean, there's nothing about that that's not amazing. How yeah. many lives do you get to see impacted and changed? How many opportunities do you get to be a blessing? You know, um, and it's just exciting. It's really exciting, and and I'm grateful that we have one another and that we are recovered and that we continue to stay faithful and together because I'm I'm grateful that the chains are broken for our children Amen. and that they don't have to come back later and, and tell, you know, tell that story because we chose not to stop it here, you know, and that, that in itself is just such an amazing, I mean, thank you, Jesus for that. Yeah. You know, so. Amen. Yeah. Y'all broke it. Yeah. Yep. 
Mm-hmm. Awesome. God is good. Let's do it again soon. Yes, for sure. Guys, thank you so much for listening to our podcast. It is a privilege and an honor to be able to serve you. If you or someone in your family is struggling with addiction, please give us a call. It's 770-570-7422.